WDBM East Lansing. Can you, can you hear? You think the Pistons are playoff bound? The Giants totally gave the team deserves to be in a BCS game. Still, it always will be hockey You can't Coming up on the Spartan Sports Wrap, Alex Sharg in Fino at the Mike MSU Football. A lot to talk about, which may include Chipotle. <laughs> this is the Spartan Sports Wrap. That's right. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89 FM. I'm your host, Alex Sharg, along with Fino, otherwise known, or Anthony Serafino. But it's a big week because last week I made a promise to Anthony that if Michigan State football and soccer were both ranked number 25, I would buy Anthony Chipotle. And to the listeners, so they know, I am still Chipotle-less, as I am right as usual with MSU Sports. Fino with no Chipotle. Sharg, on the other hand, least, I don't know, a bowl would sound pretty good right now. Absolutely. The number for the show, 517-432-3893. We're going to hit on a lot of MSU football, so you're going to want to definitely pick up your phone and call in. Alongside with calling in, you can also stream us online if you're outside your car. You can listen to us anywhere, even out of state. That is impact89fm.org. Again, www.impact89fm.org. But if it is your first time tuning in, let me explain to you how the show is set up. Every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m., Fino and I, we start with Spartan Sports first, then we jump to Detroit and a little bit of National. But since there was a huge MSU football game this weekend, we have to hit on MSU football to start off. But on October 14th, this show will be changing to a new format, otherwise known as The Pact. It will be embracing the Spartan debate, tackling sports issues with the most entertaining personalities at MSU. And if you can't get enough of Fino... Let me just tell you, stay on alert. Uh, new website is online. It should be launching in the next week or so. Definitely stay tuned on that. We will feature sports content from every MSU sport, plus a little Detroit and some national sports. So if you're the high school rower, the high school swimmer, the high school track participant that wants to follow MSU swimming, MSU track, or MSU wrestling, but no one here is covering it, let me tell you that we will have your information. So www.sports.impact89fm.org. Definitely stay tuned for that because you're definitely going to want to, definitely going to want to log on. You oh, know? definitely. I mean, it's a great site. Check it out. A lot of good things coming here at Impact Sports. We're both excited. Fino's very excited, along with Sharg, Max, of course, behind the glasses. Like Alex said, just send us an email. msuimpactsports at gmail dot com is a way to get in touch with us if you are interested. Exactly, and of course the the call in number once again for the show five one seven four three two three eight nine three. But before we get into MSU football, Fino. We got to talk about a an amazing comeback against Azarenka that Serena Williams had this weekend. Well, no surprise, which is happens to be my highlight of the week. It is Serena Williams, and she absolutely is incredible. I mean, this woman is clearly one of the best female tennis players of all time. And alongside with her maybe being the best female tennis player of all time, you have to hand it to another tennis player named Maria Sharapova, who consistently has not made any of the big cuts. Has not made it, but somehow, 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 she still remains to be up there in revenue. She is, you know, you know, Maria Sharapova is one of the best female tennis players right now, so you can't exclude her. She did withdrew from the, uh, from the U.S. Open, so we didn't get a chance to see Miss Sharapova play, but we did see Victoria Azarenka, and she was absolutely outstanding. So no disrespect to her, but Serena is purely class. Okay, and alongside with Serena, I've got to give it up to my boy. And you know this is my boy. Yeah, he's your boy. Chad Johnson. If you have not heard Chad Johnson, through the last year, cut by the Miami Dolphins, changing his name. Uh Exactly, exactly. We don't even need to go on. But recently, I logged on to CBS the other day, and who Uh did I see? Chad Johnson talking fantasy sports. Fantasy football. Fantasy sp- And to me, that's just funny, considering, one, he's not in the league anymore. Uh-huh. Two, he has not won a Super Bowl. Three, he's a criminal. He's a criminal record, and he's talking fantasy sports on CBS. Well, here's my thing. Here's my question to the listeners. More importantly, here's my question to Shark. Are you taking fantasy advice from Chad Johnson? Oh, absolutely not. I Why think that's not? A- Why would I take fantasy advice? Why would I take fantasy advice from you? Oh, and I'm not saying from me, but you're asking about Chad Johnson. I would take advice from him. Okay, 
I would take advice. Why would you take advice from him? Well, there's one thing, and I know one of his most famous teammates, TJ Hashmazod, a.k.a. TJ Hushmanzada. Hushmanzada, but they call him Hashmazod from the commercial, which I was referencing. Okay, okay. It's TJ number 84. Um, so, yeah, of course, him and 84 and 85 were prolific back in the day of their Bengals offense. So, you know, I'm taking his advice. I'm hearing what he has to say because, you know what? Mr. Chad Ochocinco Johnson, I'm still going to call him Ochocinco. Guess what? I believe in you. East Lansing, Michigan, Fino believes in what Chad Johnson has to say. And I don't think you're alone on that. But 517-432-3893, do you go along with Chad Johnson's fantasy advice? Are you like Fino out there and really have an ear of what he has to say? But I do have an ear for something else that is pretty prevalent right now, and that's the quarterback battle here with Michigan State football. Now, before you go on with the, with your with your tearing eyes and closing your eyes and rubbing them and shaking My your head, My eyes are closed. let me just tell you that, first off, if you did not catch the game last, well, two, two days ago, Saturday, at Spartan Stadium, you missed a very interesting one. Yeah. The Spartans end up winning 21-6 against South Florida. Shalik Calhoun with two defensive touchdowns. That's his third on the year, and that's the fourth touchdown for the defense. The defense having four touchdowns of the six so far. It's just unbelievable. I can't even... Can't even but before we go on, before it's, we go on, just just some quick stats for those who, list, who missed stats, the game. You know, quick stats: South Florida now 0-2, but in their opener they lost to McNeese State. Uh-huh. They could not get anything done on Saturday. Bobby Eveld was six for 25, 66 yards. He was running all day long. Uh, Michigan State's defense, um, and alongside with the defense, uh, yeah. But the the main thing about Michigan State too is Maxwell nor Cook were effective in the opener, and Maxwell did not play at all in the first half of this game. And after another weather delay to start off the game, which is ironic, two weather delays in a row. How often? I'm already that? I'm already checking the forecast for next week. Yeah, I'm I'm checking the forecast, and I really hope the game gets canceled because no one wants to see what the quarterback situation is. I don't personally want to see it because, and I can't even forget the facts for a second. When you look at these guys play on the field, there is no hope. There's not one ounce of hope. Okay. So Are you quick, serious, bro? There's no hope. There's no hope. And I'll tell you why. Right now, offensively, there is absolutely no hope. There is no hope we can beat Notre Dame. And Michigan, who didn't see that Michigan game? QB number 98, Devin Gardner, I'm referencing, looked absolutely outstanding. Tommy Reese looked great in Notre Dame, and he's not even that amazing. But when I look at this MSU offense, 117th at 123 in the FBS in passing yards per game, 105. 108th at 123 in net passing yards, embarrassing. Dead, dead last, 123 at 123 for passing yards per attempt. 3.4 yards per attempt. I'll say it again. This university needs Alex Sharg at QB because <laughs> that's the only thing that we need right now. And I'll, and I'll even say it, 108 and 123 in completion percentage, it's 47.5. It's simply abysmal. And I'm not confident in this team right now. Who are better teams in the Big Ten right now? First of all, you say there's no hope. There's no hope. For Notre Dame or no hope in general? There's no hope in general for this team unless they, First get, of all, unless they get this quarterback situation taken care no, of. No, no, no. First of all, Buffalo you want to talk about hope? You want to talk about hope? Look how well this defense played last That's game. That's hope. The first two games, unbelievable. Great. Second I, thing. I'm not chastising. Look how well special teams has been playing. We don't see any miss miss field goals from Dan Conroy anymore, do we? We don't. We don't. Third thing. How about the play calling from coaching? Last play's defensive play calling, debatably pretty well. A couple plays maybe negated at some points, but for the most part. Narduzzi has called every play correctly and has had outstanding blitz packages. Yes, he has. Fourth of yes, all, he has. fourth of all, last game, no drop balls except one, which is also even a little slated. Would you even say that the uh, receiving play has been effective? Would you say our receivers have been effective? I think they've been effective up from last game. And yes. it's a correction from Shari. It's Muma. Kevin Muma, this kicker, zero for one. Awful. Okay. This guy, I get it. You're getting your feet wet. Okay, but I think the best part of this uh, this team is obviously it's defense. Okay, I mean the the way I see it, I'm watching these games around college football. Notre Dame looks competitive. 
Michigan looks competitive. Ohio State looks very competitive, representing the Big Ten, of course. And I consider Notre Dame a part of the Big Ten, even though they're ACC, whatever they're really doing, I consider them a Big Ten team. Ohio State's better. Michigan's better. Northwestern's better. Uh, there's just so many teams at the top of your Nebraska's better. There's just you so- know, you know, we haven't even played any of these teams yet, and it's going to be embarrassing when we do. It's going to be embarrassing. First of all, when I was referring to Connor, I was saying compared to last year. Okay, I'm sorry. Only, only one field goal missed from Muma. That's right. One only one attempted, though. Well, it's hard to kick a field when you kick it down the field. Right. Um, so that's very obvious. But my thing is, I really want, I'm encouraging listeners to call in because I don't even think there's hope for this team. I understand that's not fair. That's what we practice. That's what we play. And, you know, I'm excited. I still go to every game. I'm not a Fairweather fan. I'm passionate about the game. The big question for the day, is there hope for this team? Right now, you know, no. Wants to know. No. And here's one thing I heard from the student section. I don't know what the listeners heard, but I was appalled when I heard this. I was one of the guys chanting, we want Terry, when Maxwell was in this game. This, you know, the student turns around to me and they go, Fino, you're being too critical. Support our team. Yeah, I'll support our team. But we're at a point now where you are so high in this defense. This defense is so elite. I don't even think we're going to see something like this anymore. This defense is so good. We can't waste it. I am praying. I am praying. There is a God, hopefully an offensive God, that Damian Terry can be our quarterback sometime soon. And there has been a void since this team has yet to fill by Kirk Cousins when he left to the NFL. People go, Fino, you can't replace this defense. Worthy, replaced. All these guys on defense, replaced. Golston replaced. These are elite guys that you can replace. First, you haven't okay, okay. Offensively, you haven't replaced Keyshawn Martin. You haven't been able to replace that. You haven't been able to replace what a BJ Cunningham has done. And Kirk Cousins are those. And big- have you have you even replaced Bell to the extent that Bell produced? Uh, somewhat, yeah, somewhat, somewhat. But those are those are huge. Those are clown shoes to fill. Those are big shoes. Those are very big okay, shoes. I'm going to read you a quote. Okay. And listeners, feel free to call in 517-432-3893. I'm going to read you a quote from Mark D'Antonio after the game about why they did not play Damian Terry. He said this, I know everyone keeps chanting that. Referring to Terry. Terry had strep throat this week. We've got to check him for mono. And he popped his thumb out of place. So it was bruised and he didn't take any reps all week. Brilliant. That's why we didn't play him. If you need an injury report... That's what you've got. So everybody's on the same page, right? End yes. quote. Yes, everyone is on the same page. Because barring he's healthy, he plays. But next week, they're praying he comes up negative for mono because he's playing against Youngstown State. Because it would not be fair to throw this man to the Wolves at South Bend. True or not true? On a question that asked if Damian Terry were healthy, would he have played? Here's what D'Antonio said. He was in the thought process. But because of those two things I just told you, he was unable to take any reps the entire week. We can't play a guy with no reps that's difficult for a freshman, especially. I mean, that's fair. I mean, there's no way a guy gets no reps in practice, meaning barring he's sick, and that he doesn't play. Of course not. You don't want a guy that doesn't take reps and play. That's no fair. It's not. We're not watching the New York Jets. The difference is, is when we analyze the offense, it's not effective. This is the Big Ten. This is not the Mac. No disrespect to Mac teams. Big 10 level of football is elite. Can we agree on that? Uh? Is it elite? Is the Big 10 an elite football conference? Yes. Yes. That's all on you. So the fact is that we have this offense. There's such a disparity in this. The offense and the defense. I've never seen anything like it, Sharg. Bro, I've never seen anything like it. 517-432-3893. Back to Terry, though. Uh I will say this. 10 for 14 and his one, his sole preseason, uh, more pre-camp scrimmage. First okay. teamers against those first okay. teamers. Didn't play the, in that first one. Mm-hmm. The very first green-white game. Olingo Connor, Con, uh, Connor Cook, and Maxwell played in that one. But Terry, for the game he did play in, played well. And he ran with he the did. ones. And he, and he ran with the ones. But if you're going to play O'Connor, then you have to give Terry a try. Like Let me said. ask you this, though. And I'm so glad you brought up Mr. Tyler O'Connor. Here's my thing. A lot of fans also disagreed with the fact that they took out O'Connor. Do you think O'Connor got kind of a short end of the stick a little bit? Do you think he should have played a little more? Yeah, and I'm going to say this. I think he should Just to start, I'm going to say this. Out of that game on Saturday, two series. O'Connor was the best quarterback. He got two series. You can debate it or not. I, I believe O'Connor was the best quarterback 
that game. I think if you look at the numbers, the sad part is he has the most yards per you know completion. He was the only quarterback to move the ball down into the red zone. Now a lot of people will say Cook. Now do you do you think Cook was the best quarterback? I think Cook got the best chance. Here's my thing with Cook. He got the best chance. He got the best. He got no one got a better chance than O'Connor. No, no, Nobody. No. I'm saying is did did O'Connor get a fair chance? No. Why did, not? Because he only he didn't play enough. He should have played more. I think Cook got the best chance to play because he played a long time. Sure. He got the best chance okay. to play. Here's my thing. He got the baton and he didn't run with it. And that's what's driving Mark D'Antonio crazy. This is still an open competition. USC had their open competition, USC football, South Georgia, you know. They had their competition. They named their starter. We're approaching week three. No, we are in week three of the NCAA football season. We still do not have a bonafide starter. This is a problem now, Shard. You cannot play musical quarterback chairs at this university. This is insane. This is insane. Okay. And, and the reason why it's a, it's insane is you look at the numbers. Maxwell, 4 for 9, 40 yards. Wonderful. Cook, 6 for 11. Amazing numbers, 32 yards. Incredible. Heisman. Tyler Connor, 2 for 4, 22 yards. Maxwell, award, reference. Okay, you see what I'm saying? These are quarterbacks. And meanwhile, in Ann Arbor, and I know it drives people crazy. Fino, why are you talking about Ann Arbor? Because they can play. Look at Wisconsin, 48 nothing. They don't care. Purdue's beating people. Purdue's quarterback's better. Northwestern's putting up 48 points. Pur- you know, people say so much stuff about Penn State and how that university's going down. Then how come did they land the number one quarterback recruit in Hackenberg? That's a good question. Because you know why? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. They have nothing to play for. They still get the best quarterback crew in the country. Okay. En- a lo- enough from your, from your East Coast connection, real quick. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to MSU for a second. Okay. Please, please. You said that Connor Cook had the best chance because he played. He played the most. And by the coaches, they said they were going to give him the best chance to play. Maxwell got the start. And I know, you know, Cook played. But he didn't run with it. He got the fair chance. The funny thing is, I think Michigan State was listening to us last week when we said, when I said, that Michigan State football cannot play three quarterbacks they can't. unless they blow out a team. Because D'Antonio said two weeks ago, we won't go in deep at quarterback unless we're up big. But then he gets the message. He benches Maxwell. He gets the criticism. He's too loyal. He plays Cook to start. Then he puts in O'Connor. First game action all year. Terry, if he was probably healthy, probably would have played too. Um, I'm, I'm so disappointed with that. Just disappointing. Because now that we know, obviously, barring you know, post-game, the fact that this guy would have played barring healthy would have something to note. I'm excited for Terry. And I'll say one thing. When we started airing the show, I wasn't excited for Terry. Because I'm like, you know what? Cook's going to run away with this job. Boy, am I right about a lot of stuff? But I'm wrong here. You're right. And this is why we got to see what Terry can do. We need to see what he can do. Because at this point, this is SOS. This is, is borderline white flag. This is embarrassing now. 517-432-3893. Now, Fino, who will be that quarterback starting next week? It's got to be. If healthy, Terry. Terry will start? Terry will start. Not even O'Connor. I, you know what? O'Connor will get a lot of reps. Terry hasn't even played a snap yet. At this point, all bets are off. We don't know. You bet me Chipotle I'm winning. I didn't <laughs> have to buy half the studio anything. Max is shaking his head. This well, is a- let's hear from Max right Max, now. I mean, what's the deal with this quarterback situation? Well, I got a couple stats that might get you fired up here. First of all, Bobby Evel, the quarterback from USF, who had an atrocious game, by the way, 6 for 25, did actually have the longest pass of the How day embarrassing at 25 is that? yards. Oh, my God. And Connor Cook at 20. Uh, Maxwell at 18, O'Connor had 13. I will say, though, I did see in that short time we saw Tyler O'Connor, he did throw into triple coverage twice, one in the end zone. And um, another thing to note, too, is MSU also had nine penalties for 94 yards. And another thing that a lot of people are talking about is the rushing game. They use a lot of running backs, 171 yards on the ground, not bad. Not too bad. when you don't have any passing, it doesn't show for as much when when you get that kind of rush. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Max brings an interesting point. You know, and that's why Cook started the game, was because Cook brings something that isn't throwing the football. And that's what the Antonio's thought process has to be. It's he can run, Sharg. Cook can run. And Max made the point. He goes, well, look, MSC brought 171 yards rushing. That's pretty good. Nick Hill, great game. Nine carries, 63 yards, seven yards per rush. That's good. That's good. But in a desperate attempt 
O'Connor threw into triple coverage, he said. And he's right. But he threw into triple coverage. Was there an interception? No. There wasn't. No. A pick no. is a pick to me. I agree. If we're, it hits the hands, he misses the hands. We're pinching pennies at this point, but you see where we're angling yeah, at. Yeah, I we're see. We're pinching pennies. But the point is, I think that Damian Terry gives us the best opportunity to win the football game. And Max brings another interesting point. Nine penalties. What was it? 94 yards? 94 yards. I didn't know we were watching the Lions. Okay? The Lions are undisciplined. I guess that's a contagious Michigan thing because MSU is now playing undisciplined. I know. I know. I know. And, and here's where I'm going to summarize it. You have more polo shirts than they have yards. That's true. Evident. But. That's actually true. But from that game, it was the MSU defense or Shalit Calhoun he was versus, the, versus the South Florida Bulls. So with that reason alone, I think if this defense isn't on, and even if our offense is good, there's no hope in this team. There really isn't. And can you imagine? And the defense has been spotless. Shalit uh, it's not spotless. It's, it's been spotless. No, no, no. Come on. A couple penalties, Isaiah Lewis. Okay, penalties is another story, but scoring, playing defensively, they've been very good. Can we say that? Can yeah, we agree yeah, on that? Very good. Spotless. Very good. B plus, A minus performances. Right. Yeah. Okay. This defense is bound to have a slippy game. And when they do, it's going to look bad. It's going to look really bad on this team. There's The reason why I'm so critical, you know, this Monday evening it's because I say there's no hope because if the defense has a rough game, what's going on? Is this a legitimate team? This is the team that aspirations of Rose Bowl, nine wins. If we had a quarterback and the receivers were oh. still dropping balls, is this a legitimate team? If this team had a quarterback, this team's legitimate because a quarterback can make a team. Look at Northwestern. They have a quarterback. Look at, look at OSU. They have a quarterback. And here's a, you know what? Timeout on the floor. Braxton Miller gets injured. They bring their backup in the game. They're winning. Dominating. But th- that was an Ohio State team that wasn't playing the best of competition. I understand that, but we're not playing best of competition. We put up 21 points against a defense that is garbage. And then McNeese State, an FCS team, comes in into their house and puts 53 points up. That's embarrassing. No, don't, don't doubt out McNeese State here for a second. I'm not, but they're... Top F- 25 FCS team. But they're FCS. Michigan State puts millions. Appalachian State was FCS. But Michigan State puts in millions in their program. I'm not denouncing McNeese State. Good job. They made seven hundred thousand. I'm sorry, but on. ever since Appalachian State beat Michigan, you can't rule out you can't rule out any FSC, oh, FCS team oh, anymore. I'm not. But I'm saying when you put the resources that this university Michigan has even more. Michigan had more resources. Antonio gets paid almost two million a year. Are you serious? This is bro. This is a joke. We're watching. We're witnessing the big, the one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in an FBS team, a Big Ten team in college football. This is Michigan State. This is the team that's won the most Big Ten wins since 2010. They are not going to win anything right now. I'm not denouncing McNeese State. God bless. After Notre Dame. After Notre Dame. After Notre Dame. If this team plays the way they do, you're telling me they're going to go to Indy. You're telling me they're going. I'm sorry, Indiana's coming to us. You're telling me they're going to go to Iowa and win. I don't know. I think this defense could oh, actually keep him in the game. How about this? How about this? And I'm making this early. And I'll honestly, whatever you want. You know what? New Chipotle bet right now. Michigan State loses by at least 15 points to Notre Dame. If they don't have a quarterback? 15 points. No, let's make it 14. Michigan State loses by two touchdowns to Notre Dame right now. And I have the option to reduce that to seven points if they have a good performance against Youngstown State. I still think they're going to lose against Notre Dame. There's no chance they're winning that. That megaphone is staying in South Bend. No way. 517-432-3893. Is this team down against Notre Dame? Or for that matter, who in your mind should be the starting quarterback this week? Sharg. Is it a Terry? Is it O'Connor? Is it Cook or Maxwell? Or is it Alex? Because I think it should be Alex. I really think Alex Shard should be our quarterback. And, you know, I'm joking, obviously. I'm just making this a little fun. But honestly... No, no, no. Forgive me for joking being, aside. Joking aside, forgive me if I'm being critical. I'm not being a pessimist. Yeah, you could say I'm being a little pessimistic. Can't be naive about that. But you know what? I'm just being a realist. This team struggles with Kirk Cousins. They don't have McNutt as a receiver at Iowa. But with Kirk Cousins, great quarterback, greatest quarterback in MSU history, they struggled at these places. Historically, this is where they struggle. At Nebraska, that black shirt defensive line is going to rip it. Nebraska is going to rip it. They have to go to Northwestern. 
17th ranked team all in a row, 11th ranked Michigan, 23 ranked Nebraska, 17th ranked Northwestern. These are three good teams. They can lose all of them. Of course. Of course they could. But that's not the question, Fino. The question is, is this offense, if they get a quarterback, will that all change? Yes. Okay. It's as as simple as that. But no one has run with it so far. That's the scary thing. No one has taken this position and run with it. I'm going to read some other post-game quotes coming from offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator, excuse me, Dave Warner from Michigan State University. Okay. He said this about an audition for quarterbacks. He said, guys are getting opportunities. That's one way to look at it. Two ways about it. The bottom line with these guys is like I think I said last week. Who puts us in the end zone? We had a field goal opportunity that was missed. We can't settle for field goals when we're first and goal. We went through that last year. Again, emphasis was made throughout the last seven months, and we didn't get it done today as far as scoring in the red zone in that situation. And Antonio was asked the question, how concerned are you? You know what he said? I, I give it an 8 out of 10. As concerned. He's con- and that's good. He's concerned. That's very good. He has every right to be concerned. That's very good. Is that unfair, Max? Is that unfair? No, I, I would be concerned, too. I mean, you look at, I'm looking at the schedule right now. I'm wondering where they can even get six wins from. I mean, they pro- they're they going to get Georgetown State next week. That's okay, a win. But then, obviously, Notre Dame, we talked about that. But can they go to Iowa, beat Iowa? I don't they haven't so. done that. Indiana's homecoming, that's probably, unfortunately, going to be a close game like it was last year. Then they got Purdue at Illinois, who, by the way, took it to the house on Cincinnati last weekend. Which they lost their quarterback, shot. though, but and that was so then great. You got play. Michigan, Nebraska, Northwestern, Minnesota. So it's 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 tough to look at that schedule and look. Okay, where are we going to get six wins? Let alone you know want to go to the Rose Bowl. I mean, Rose Bowl at this point is the is a joke. Is it April? Is it April Fools? It's a joke. April Fools, you know it's. April Fools, just, we're going to a Rose Bowl. Yeah, no, Fino, because you can't. Max makes a great point. He goes, can we look at this schedule and get six wins? He can't see it. Personally, Fino can't see it either. Because forget the Rose Bowl for a side. Let's get bowl eligible. Fino is starting the Twitter campaign. Hashtag MSU will be bowl eligible. Follow on. We're starting it up. I'll start it up after the break. Hashtag bowl eligibility, baby. That's what we need. And you said before the show this week, that Michigan State was projected to make the Wild Wings Bowl last week? Yep, and they're right. And big that was a Big Ten. That was a Big and That was a big state. That's a big, you know, that was a big state. And I disagreed with it. I'm like, no way. Shark and I were going back and forth, and we're like, at least an Outback Bowl. You know, at least a Gator Bowl or something, whatever they call it now. It's not Toyota. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's I don't, realistic I to say, or unrealistic to say, that MSU will or will not be bowl eligible. At this rate, if they get bowl eligible, boom. Pinata for the studio. Absolutely. One last thing to take us to this break. I saw something last game that I think listeners out there should definitely pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And it was in the second quarter when O'Connor was in the game. It was after his first snap to Nick Hill. Big play. Second pass, completed the pass. But right after that, a USF lineman loses his helmet, still tackles the quarterback. So he loses his helmet, middle of the play. Tackles the quarterback, gets a hurry, okay, Fino? Mm-hmm. But after he tackles the quarterback, a flag is on the field. Do you know what the flag was for? Well, probably because you can't, the play is dead once your court, you want your helmet's off. Right. It was unsportsmanlike conduct on the USF lineman. Now, sure, your helmet's off, you're ruled dead on the field. That's, the, that's an NFL rule as well. And I get that. But if the defensive player is tackling an offensive player without his helmet, is that that big of a deal? No, you You're know, risking yourself to tackle that quarterback. It's a big deal because player safety is what's important now. You know, it, this is not the days when the guys play football with the leather helmets. Safety is important. It, you got to have your helmet on. Because look at this. Look, so Shargi, we saw with this lawsuit. These people have these concussions, these dimensions. Right, but a 15-yard penalty and a first down? I think that's ridiculous. That's the same penalty that's ridiculous. that you get for running into the kicker? Running into the kicker. Not roughing the kicker. Ruff, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, change that rule. Mm-hmm. Roughing into the kicker. Mm-hmm. And that's the same as a pass interference, which is completely different. Yeah, it's illicit. I mean, the penalty's completely illicit. Five I, yards, I think, at the most. 
Yeah, I think the play should be dead. But I think the main thing is, forget the penalties aside, the most important thing is player safety. Once that no, helmet comes... And that's a great point. You know, we're, we're both in... I know for a fact we're both in agreement on this one, is once the helmet comes off, player safety is very important. We'll be back after this quick break. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89FM. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Hey, what floor are you going to? <clears throat> oh, uh, three. Thanks. <coughs> hey, didn't we, uh, have... Yeah, that one class. Yeah, that's so funny to, <laughs> to see you, because I <coughs> thought maybe we could, uh... Would you ever want to, um... <coughs> I was wondering if you... If I could stick my finger in your eye. What? No. Oh, I just flushed some toilets and touched a doorknob. What? I've been keeping this moist Kleenex Ew, in my pocket. That's uh, so gross. I thought we could, you know, just stick my finger Ugh. in your eye. Is that weird? No! Don't touch me! What's wrong with you? Oh, sorry. Well, ever since you got in the elevator, you've been coughing all over your hands and pressing those buttons, so I just thought you were into that kind of thing. Free. Studies show that three quarters of women and only half of men actually wash their hands in the bathroom. That's nasty. Stop the flu and other germs by regularly washing with soap and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Or at cdc.gov slash clean hands. Impact 89 FM. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. From 10 p.m. until midnight Sunday nights, listen to the Impact Afterglow, where you can hear a variety of relaxed tracks to help you ease into the start of a new week. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to Impact Exposure, or otherwise on Mondays, known as the Spartan Sports Trap. Fino's got a smile on now, I like it. I'm Anthony Serafino here with Alex Sharg and our executive producer, Max King, in the studio. But, Fino, we just got done talking about this player safety issue with yep. helmets. But with player safety, let's talk about the safety that Ndamukong Su just threw out the window Ugh. last game. Forget the safety, bro. The touchdown. He threw that touchdown away with that penalty. A big interception for the Lions. Sue makes a bonehead penalty. And I like Demonic and Sue. I think he's honestly one of the best defensive linemen, interior linemen defensively, that the NFL has to offer. He's good friends, ironically, Roger Goodell. But the thing is, the Lions just keep shooting themselves in the foot with these penalties. Thankfully, it didn't bite him here as they decisively beat the, you know, the Vikes, 34-24. But it, it cost them a touchdown. It cost them a touchdown. It cost them seven points. What looks better on the scorecard or box score? 41? 24? That looks dominant. Or 34-24? Mm, not a big deal. We're pinching pennies. Take penny. the dominant, yeah. You know, we're pinching pennies. But it was point. costly. It was costly. It, of course it was. And it's not a cherry on the cake. This isn't the first time Sue has made such a big penalty like this. We saw it last year. We saw him, you know, take a, a, a tackle to a quarterback's helmet. Almost take his head off. This is not the first time we've seen Sue act like this. I mean, he's just a listen. I mean, the way I see Sue is this. When he wants to be smart, and I know he said he plays with a mean streak, which he does, and I love that. But once you put player safety, we were just talking about this before the break, in line, and, you know, you got to take action about that. And the NFL is, they are finding Sue. They're not suspending him. I would argue, though, and I would curious to see your response, Shargi, is do you think Sue should be suspended for the slow block? I mean, I, I do, I do. I, I, okay, so we're gonna, yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it was a, it was a clear tackle, clear, clearly after the play, clearly intentionally going for him, and I, I think he knows it. I mean, here's the thing though. This is my thing. This is a people forget. You know, the Vikings are not a bad team. They're a playoff team. They're a, you know when no one thought they could make the playoffs with Leslie Frazier's team, Adrian Peterson, of course, chasing a Dixon's record. Obviously, you want to play hype. You want to play excited. You want to play motivated. But this is not a way you want to go about it. Sue with the low cut. We just saw that. And you know, this is the second time the Vikings have been a victim of a low cut. Remember in that preseason game against the Dolphins? That low block. The Vikings are very upset and they have every right to be. And you know what? Sue is a repeat offender. And I'm curious to know what Maxie thinks. I honestly think Sue should be suspended. You do too, Shargi. So Max, what do you think here? Suspension or no? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think you have to. And I another big question for me is, is when is he going to learn? Because we've seen this and worse from him in his short tenure here in the NFL. So what's going to be the line for him? Because 
He comes out, he apologizes every time, but yet he keeps doing it. So you wonder, when is he going to learn from this and start playing, kind of be more abiding by the rules of the game? I mean, you got to learn. He's not going to learn. That's the thing. He's just not going to learn. I think he's just going to learn how to just... I think he's just making it in his next contract, a little shoe fine bench and fat salary. So I just think it's just, look, he should be suspended. He's not suspended. I'm not advocating for suspension. I think, hey, if you're going to follow by the rules, he is a repeat offender. And I think it's a little blemish on this Lions victory. And you know what? I don't even think if he gets suspended, it's going to matter. Yeah, it, the it, way what? Nick Fairley has been playing after his troubled first year is phenomenal. I mean, Last game, he was a monster. Fairly played great. Look, the Lions have built themselves in a defensive line. It's very good. Nick Fairley, Demonic and Sue are very good. How are they going to play now that they lose a couple guys off the end? Are they still dominant? They looked good. But this is this is. Let's just sit back. Let's just sit back and relax and honestly, visualize one of the best running back. No, no, no. The best running back in the NFL right now. How outstanding is Adrian Peterson? I mean, yeah, yeah. this guy is unreal. It was good. Uh, last game, I believe that if the Lions did not play as well as they did in the second half, no chance that they even come close to Adrian Peterson. No, but you know what? Let's let's honestly let's honestly talk about how well the Lions played defensively. Yeah, that first big play they allowed to Adrian Peterson, first play from scrimmage, first okay, play of the season, fine. great. But they didn't give him anything after the fact. Mm. They gave him nothing. I forgot how many yards AP finished with. He finished with like something like ninety, yeah, ninety-three. But let's look on the other side That's because something yards. The Vikings there. did not give Madden cover and Megatron anything either. But that's another thing here. You saw the game. We both saw the game together. Is that a catch? Is Calvin's play a catch? What is this complete the catch? I think it's a catch. I think Calvin got robbed of a score. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, they're they're. I think they're getting too. They're getting too serious. I don't want to say serious. No, that's not job. serious. No. But they're not getting too serious. But they're getting too, do I want to say wordy with these rule books? Process of the catch. You catch the ball. You're over the end zone. It's a touchdown. It, you're in the end zone. No, but then there's possession. There's a lot to there's it. possession. He's, I agree. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go against the rules. All I'm saying is, of course, possession game rule book. It's line dash six dash six dash three at Hockley, whatever. But the point is, I'm saying is, look, I think it's a catch. I think it was a touchdown. They call incomplete pass. You can tell when they were reviewing it for so long. 517-432-3893. Call in and tell us if you think that was a catch from Megatron himself. Another thing with this Lions game, Fino, that I want to get into is Reggie Bush. In the preseason, wow. we saw him in the flats, a lot of passing yards, lack of a run a little bit. Last game, we saw his mobility again. It just a, another great offensive weapon for him. I think, look, I think, they, you know, when the Lions signed Bush, I knew it was going to be a big deal. You want to talk about a big game? <laughs> 21 carries, 90, you know, 90 yards, 4 per 3 yards per rush, great. Receiving, though, this is where I was the most excited to see how he would fit in the offense. Four receptions, 101 yards receiving chart, and a TD. That's where he is going to be utilized the most. Because he's not really a through-the-tackles runner, even though he showed a lot. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I love what the Lions are showing us. LaShore now is a healthy scratch. LaShore doesn't even fit in this offense anymore. It's Jolie Bell now. It's Jolie Bell. And the battles between Bell and Bush, B-squared, baby. They're looking <laughs> real good. I love what I see to Jolie Bell. And he's, you know, he's, he even went on the Twitter. Wayne State product, Jolie Bell, by the way. Went and thanked Reggie Bush for saying, hey, Reggie. Thanks for doing the dirty work. I got you the TD. So that's, <laughs> that's exactly what he said. And I, you know what? Good for him. Good for the Lions. They're playing good. And it's a big test for next week. I think every week in the NFL, you have a chance to lose. This is a great win. But when you look forward, they go to Arizona. Arizona has their home opener. You know, with Bruce Arians, you know, they're formidable. The Cardinals are formidable with Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald. That team is good. So the Lions got to walk into the toaster, the big toaster they refer to as University of Arizona Stadium, where the Cardinals play. Then you need to go in there and play some good ball. Because, you know, the Cardinals are not going to let up to them. And, of course, with Matthew Stafford <laughs> and his new extension. And he's playing deservably so. He looks great. Yeah. 517-432-3893 alongside with the Detroit Lions. We've got to touch on Detroit Tigers real quick, too. We do. Because what seemed to be an unstoppable team in the last week Turn some heads a little bit this weekend. Two losses in each series. Uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. Those both losses lacked pitching once again. They did. 
And and I'm not talking about starting pitching either. No, you're talking about relief. And here's the thing with the, you know, here's what needs to be noted about the Tigers, guys. The Tigers are obviously going to make the playoffs. Everyone knows it. Their division is abysmal. And I don't want to say it's a eh, abysmal's harsh because you have a team that's in second place. Indians 10 games over, 76 and 66. So the Indians are formidable behind them. But look, let's be honest. ESPN projects them with these playoff prediction percentage. Shark, I don't know if you saw it. The Tigers have a 99.1% chance of making the playoffs. I do think that's a little bit of a push, but obviously you're going to make it. Depends where. And look, I think with the Lions, I'm sorry, with the Tigers is this. Okay. Obviously, you mentioned a little struggle recently. But let's not get carried away here. This Tigers team is built to win. Little struggles. That's what you go through. Expanded rosters. You go through September like that. But when I look at it, I see this. I still like my chances. I'm 82 and 61. I got Cleveland, they're five, you know, five and a half out. And then Kansas City, however you say Kansas City Royals, 75 and 68. There's seven games behind. And of course, Minnesota better look next year along with Chicago. So these are the things I'm saying is the division isn't bad. I know I went and say it was atrocious, whatever. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. It's not bad, but guess what? Five and five in the last 10. They got to clean it up because they're going for something. They're going for best record. They're going for best record in this AL, and guess what? Are they the best team in this American League? No, they're not. They're not the best team. Boston is, and Boston's playing like it. They smoked them 20-4 to four a couple games back. They want it more. Who's more talented? A couple games back, Fino, but the one before that, the Tigers won. Of course they did. It's very even. I, I don't even think you could say Boston is a better team. Right now, Boston's better. They're hot. They're 8-2 in their last 10. Tigers are 5-5. Five and five. Boston's 87-58. and 58. I'm not saying— but baseball that. goes in streaks, Fino. I understand that. That's a streak. They get a bad streak in the World Series last year. What about 2006? They looked really good against the Cardinals. They also didn't look good when they were struggling to make they the playoffs. Barely they did. Swept. They yeah. got swept, and they got swept. So there's the thing. What I'm saying is, right now, they're not the best team in the AL, and that's okay. Now, what do you say, Fino and Max? I want to hear from you, too. Mm-hmm. What do you say when someone says, in response to the Tigers needing relief pitching, hey, beggars can't be choosers. Most teams need relief pitching. Okay. You, what do you think about that? I think that's stupid because the way I say it is this, and not to discreet someone's opinion like that, but the way I see it is it's dumb because at the trading deadline, you could have went and got someone legitimate. There are plenty of options. They didn't want to overpay. They got Varys, who's a very average reliever from Houston. Houston's amazing. No, they're not. See what I'm saying? You pay for what you get for. They didn't want to spend a lot. They got some help, not a lot of help, and now they're patching it through. I honestly think the way the Tigers are built, and we'll get Max in a second, is they gotta outscore people. I've said this; they have to outscore people. Yeah, they're. I mean, their their offense is is their go to thing. I mean, yeah. as far as the relief goes, I think they have the guys. The guys just haven't been performing. They gotta, I mean, pre- they you, gotta you, piece it together. You you have Smiley, who's lights out. Albuquerque at one point was Wherever leading all major leagues. Swing How's Benoit mission, been? Swing to miss ratio with that slider of his. I think Benoit's the guy. Varis. Agree with you know he's he's an average closer. He's average. They, just needed, they needed a body after they after they lost Valverde. They just needed someone to come in, so they went with the bullpen. But yeah, no doubt the, the offense is what's going to get them to the playoffs. Offense is what's going to win them playoff games and potentially World Series. And you just got to see what happens. Yeah, I mean you got to see what happens. I look at Drew Smiley and you know Maxi brings him up. He's been very solid. You know he had two saves, a seventy-one strikeouts, WHIP is one hundred three, ERA's two thirty-one. That's decent for a closer. He's got 14 holds. Holds, of course, he leads for Detroit. That's decent. That's what you get out of these relief guys. They got to piece it together, and they got this. Is what they got to do? Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Feel free to call in there. and tell Fino, Mister Met over there, why, why you do not agree. Uh, but Fino, mm-hmm. alongside with relief pitching, you have to look at the fact that, yeah. Boston may be the hottest team right now, but if you look at Detroit's offense overall, on paper, they're a way better team. Of course, but on paper. They were on paper the best team last year, and they're on paper the best team whenever they're the best team. You know what I'm saying? How many Wings fans come up to me like, Fino, 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 we're the best team in the NHL. How come you haven't won a cup recently? That's my thing. See, what I'm saying is you can be the best team on paper. 2006, you're talking about Mr. Met? Here are my Mets. Best team on paper in 2006. 97 and 65 team. Best offense in the National League. Best ERA in the National League. They didn't win. They lost the seven games to Los Cards, which swept the Tigers in that 06 World Series. They did. They did. So it doesn't really matter about being on paper. You got to produce. Do I think the Lions are better on paper? 
Yeah, but they're producing now. They have running backs. Chris Houston's still abysmal. But you know what I'm saying? They got running backs. They're playing, and they're working a scheme. It doesn't matter what you look on paper, bro. You got to put it on the field. That's what we got to see. Now, Nick Castellanos, okay. a very big prospect for the Detroit Tigers. He's been good. Years. Not only he, he, only, he came up on Saturday. Yep. Got his first major league base hit. He's playing again tonight, which I think is already in progress. Mm-hmm. But is he going to make the 40-man roster, maintain a role? Oh, I think he can. Whether he'll make this playoff roster, that would be to be seen. That would be really to be seen. By the way, Tigers played 8-10. But what's his role? Look at this team. You're saying they don't have you. You say you said last week they need an outfielder. You think that? I don't think he fits in for, for this playoff. I don't think he fits in. But right, that, that's what I'm saying. Is it does he have a big role in this team? For, is it just temporary? For this year purpose, I think it's just an expanded roster to just look at a see. We saw it with Avisail Garcia before he was traded. But, Same thing. But here's my thing though with these guys is I understand Nick Castellanos. Obviously, they need an outfielder. But is he your guy going forward? Yes, Sharg mentioned against Kansas City, he gets his first hit, gets brought up, of course. My thing is this, is he your big guy going forward this year? No. Going forward next year? Talk to me in September. But looking at Dombrowski, you know he'll do anything to win. Of course and he will. And he if has. getting Castellanos, the way he's performing, he hit his first game, play again today, if he keeps hitting... I think he'll keep playing. Here's the thing, the story. That's the way Dombrowski works. Here's the the thing about GM Dombrowski is this. He could have gotten a quality reliever, but teams were asking for this outfielder, Nick Castellanos, and he didn't want to give him up. He had every right not to give up your future. I understand that. I'm not saying give away Nick, but I'm saying is this is the moment where your GM defines your season. Is not making your move on the waiver or non-waiver trade deadline. It's okay. We see what we got. Now we're going with our core. Can we put it together? Now we mentioned Miggy. How's that hit? How's he doing? Obviously, Miguel is the best hitter in, a, in baseball. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows. When I close my eyes at night, I even can see that. That's the thing. But what I'm saying is this, though, bro. Is this Tigers team World Series or bust? We talked about it a lot last week. We talked about it the week before. And I'm going to keep asking you. Is it World Series or bust? Do it you is, think? It is, it is. Do you think the Tigers will win the it's World cabaret. Series? That's cabaret. That's cabaret. It is cabaret. Me. But do you think they're going to win the World Series? Do you think? Yes, I think they do. Okay. Fair, fair statement. Best Tiger team of all time. You think they're the best? I think they're one of them. I think the reason why I say they're one of them, but they have to win something. They have the most middle power that we've ever seen with Cabrera and Fielder. Back to back, we've honestly never seen something like that in a Tigers lineup. Right. What about the 1984 team with mm-hmm. Willie Hernandez winning MVP and Cy Young same year? Mm-hmm. But Morris, then you have Sparky Anderson managing that team with Lens Parrish. Jack Morris puts pretty well. Then you Jack can go Morris back even further. You can go back to Alan Trammell days. There's a lot you can refer to here. I mean, of course, you can talk about K-Line. We can talk about Cecil. These guys hitting it on top of Tiger Stadium. Obviously, there's many teams you can go forward. But I'm saying right now, with this pop in this lineup, I don't think we've seen... Contemporately speaking, Verlander's been struggling, but this is Justin Verlander. This is the $202 million man. So this guy can click a flitch anytime. We got Max Scherzer here. You got Justin Verlander, a very questionable bullpen, as Max mentioned. But listen, this Tiger team has potential to be one of the best. Whether they live up to the potential, that's why September baseball is beautiful, Shargi. Absolutely. 517-432-3893. Now we've got 12 minutes left in the uh-huh. show. We have to hit on your time. MSU soccer boys and the Red Cedar Rowdies uh-huh. because good good win, but then a disappointing upset loss. You know, to yeah, I mean, they looked really good You know, when they played Oregon State. For you guys that didn't watch, Oregon State is a ranked opponent that went into that game actually favored to lose the match or favored to draw, whatever your line is. Talk to Dan Cryer about your walk-in line. But here's the thing. They won against Oregon State, and it was a great win. It was a great win. They won one nothing. But, of course, a couple days ago, they falter in a loose Valpo, one to two. Not exactly what you can look for. Kevin Cope gave you the goal, gave you a goal. He played really well. But here's the story about MSU. Too many shots allowed, and then not enough defensive. You got to play better on set pieces. The defensive on the defense on set pieces is too sparring, G. I want to see more wing play from their left and right backs. They can really work the field upwards, crash the net. That's MSU's M.O. Kevin Cope, a defender, he scores. He gets the goal. One shot on goal, two shots, one goal. That's MSU's thing. They need active defensive players. We saw it against Oregon State. We didn't really see it against Valpo. Right. So they got to really get back to I, I wasn't there. I can't, say I can't say I saw the game. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand with this MSU soccer team, 
if if they if they can beat Indiana, it's their division easily by far. Um, it's their obviously it's their conference to lose. But right now, Indiana's flying very high. They're undefeated. Indiana looks extremely good, and they're healthy. I'm not saying MSU is not healthy, but Indiana isn't dropping games to Valparaiso. So if they have, if if is there a defender on this team right now? If you know that from what you've seen has played well enough to get more playing time, maybe more on the right side. Um, I think I think right now it's just Kevin Cope. I think it's his. You know, he's obviously one of the best defensive players that MSU has. He's been playing great. So it's just him basically taking control of being a leader out there. Um, I think there's a lot of things we can look for here. Is they're getting a lot of space, they're getting a lot of opportunities, but MSU's mo about soccer is getting shots on net, and they have been six shots in the first half, eight shots in the second half against Valparaiso. They outshoot Valparaiso, but they still lose. They don't get the result. So I think they got to keep shooting on frame, but that defense on set pieces is lost. Clean it together. Training, you get it together. Get the boots on. Get it together. They'll fix it up because they have to because once you get to the meat of this Big Ten schedule, teams like Indiana, even teams like, you know, once you go nationally, UCLA, Michigan isn't too bad. They produce product. These are teams they're going to have to zone in on once we get to this big-time right. season. Men's soccer going to Detroit this week. And then Marquette, which I think will be pretty interesting to see. Marquette's a better team. So if we can see MSU playing better on the road, I would love to see it. But they haven't been tested on the road yet. They've had both games at home. So we're curious to see what this MSU team can do. How about in a week or a half they go to Bowling Green to play? Bowling Green State University. Should be a win. Should be pretty... Should be a win. Should be a win. I'm going to go far and say if they can't get a result against Bowling Green, it's going to be disappointing for them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just quickly, MSU Volleyball. Give us the upward shark. What's yeah, going on with that? Very amazing thing happened. I actually produced this game the other day. Did you? The number 20 now ranked MSU Spartans Go defeated girls. the 12th ranked Oregon Ducks in four sets. Let me you ask know. you this, though. Fun fun fact. How is Oregon's jerseys? Oregon's jerseys? Yeah, pretty unbelievable, huh? You yeah. Know. But here's my thing. So what can we expect out of this volleyball team going forward? Well, let, me just, let me just put the icing on the cake for you. Okay. They then face Oregon State. Three sets. Sweeping her. Now, Oregon and Oregon State, both great volleyball teams. Both very good. And this Michigan State team gets right on the board after this weekend. So, after being Oregon and Oregon State, I think it's through the roof. I think the way that that Galloway's been playing, the way Wisinski, All-American, has been playing, I think the way that not only besides Wisinski, but let's look at the fact that Matthews and Kathy George together with her 150th win at MSU this weekend, has set a milestone for volleyball, and I think that the way they're going this year, we could see some really strong NCAA tournament skills. Well, I'm excited, and that's a special congrats here at MSU Impact Sports. Special congrats to MSU Volleyball. The girls are playing well. We're excited, and of course, we're rooting for all Spartan athletes across our university. So go girls, and hopefully we can get it done this year. Absolutely. And alongside with MSU Volleyball, if you're trying to catch one of their games, uh, they What's the next do- one? They do have some coming up. Um, I believe they do have a little bit of time off for right now. I'm going to look right now and see when their next game is. But, I mean, are you going to be at all the soccer games? I will try to be there when I can. I, look, if you haven't gone to a soccer game, i got to recommend it. Special and a big shout-out to the Red Cedar Rowdies. They don't get a lot of credit what they do. Of course, hockey's got the A-team. His own and basketball's infamous. Spartan football section is great. But you got to check out, head over to DeMartin Stadium and check out what the Red Cedars Rowdy do. A special shout-out here on Impact Sports from Fino. You guys, I love what you do. Yales was taking pictures there. Yales was. Yeah, he was there. I saw us at hello. And if you do not know what that means, that means uh, uh, in about a week or so, we will have our new site up. And Yales, Jonathan what? Yales, a member of our Impact Sports staff, yes, he is. will be posting many pictures and photo galleries Along alongside with, Dan, with David DeFever. Mr. DeFever. Who is in there. Uh, but... Volleyball upcoming schedule, IPFW, they are playing them this mm-hmm. Friday at 3 p.m. And then versus Illinois State at 11 a.m. And then at Butler, kind of a double header there. And the same Exciting. day, they're going to go from Illinois State down to, uh, well, actually, yeah, they're going down to, they're going up, up back to Butler. So, well, good for the girls. And I hope they get it done because, like I said before, MS, these, the Olympic sports, I don't think get enough credit here. The soccer, the volleyball, the track and field, even field hockey's. And I, forgive me if I don't miss you. I know Max is with the swimming and diving. But the point is, these athletes produce. They swept the spar in green very well. So we have to thank them and what they do. And you know what? Go green. All right. Very good. I like that. Uh, now before we close the show, we've got about six minutes left. Let's just end it on the MSU offense because oh, great. we have a very favorite segment that goes something like this. Goon, 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 goon. Yeah, 
of the week. That's right. And in past weeks, we had the NFL. We've had Chad Johns. We've had a bunch of people. We've had a lot of people. But it's very rare for us to have a offense or a team as a goon of the week. And as if you missed the beginning of the show, and maybe if you're getting out of your car for these last five minutes, you're going to want to, you're going to, want to tune in. Because Fino is about to summarize what you miss in the first half hour of the show. Pretty much what you miss in the first hour of the show is how well our offense is playing. We're 117th at 123 ranked in the B, you know, in the FBS. They play amazing. Kudos to Maxwell. He's incredible. You gotta love what Tyler O'Connor can do. And Cook, there's nothing better than nine rushes for 10 yards. I've honestly never seen better in this MSU. By the way, by the way, sarcasm, sarcasm. My good of the week, if you can't tell, is Michigan State's offense because they have to clean it up. I did mention in the beginning of the show, as Shargi noted, how bad we played 117 out of 123 passing yards, 108 out of 123 for net passing yards, and dead last for passing yards, poor attempt. Absolute last in the FBS. I'll say last again because it's embarrassing. 3.4 yards per attempt. Reason for concern, Coach Antonio says 8. I say 11 or even 12. Sharg, what's your concern? Concerning out of 10, MSU offense? I'm going to agree with Antonio. I'll say it's about an 8. It's an but, 8. But my biggest concern, Fino, is not only the fact that you don't have a starting quarterback, but how about the play calling? Play calling's been atrocious. No one could do anything. And here's my thing. Max agrees. Max, you agreed. 8 out of 10 on the concern front. He does. I mean, you know what? It's my goon of the week. I think it's... I'll go far and say... It's our worst goon of the week yet. Wow. But here's That's my thing. Big. That's a big statement. Got Youngstown State at 2 p.m. Predictions for the game. We're going around. Predictions for the game. Youngstown State. I'm going to say that Damian Terry plays, like you said. Okay. But I don't think he's going to play as well as you think, Fino. Oh, I think you're going to regret it. I, I really do, Max. I mean, I just got to look at the last two last two scores. I've been wildly incorrect. So I got to go. I'll go something like 24-6. 24-6. I'm going to go far and say a whopping. I think Michigan State wins. They're 3-0. and Hopefully we'll be ranked, but I'm going to say Michigan State wins 28-6. MSU. All right. I'm going to say 28-10. 28-6. Hopefully, Terry, you can play and we can uh, celebrate the next morning and can buy everyone Chipotle. Hopefully. Uh, just a quick bit of national news before we wrap up. Yep. Wrestling back in the Olympics. I'm sure you caught that. Seven months after losing wrestling. Baseball didn't get the, you know. Yeah. That's exciting. something to talk about. But they are reinstated now for the 2020 games on Sunday when the IOC overturned a decision many members thought was a mistake. Um, but it does have ancient roots in the Olympics. And, it, and like you said, defeated baseball, softball, and squash, which don't know if that's as relevant. Yeah. But. <laughs> That's a, that's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. deal. And, you know, Shargi, I think it'd be foolish not to give our listeners an update about this Monday night football game. And, of course, it's the Eagles. They're up 12-7 over the Redskins. Just a safety. Alfred Morris fumble recovering his own end zone. Eagles are up 12-7. They get five points in the lead there. Vic has a touchdown pass to Deshaun Jackson. Alex Henry has a 48-yard poke. And D'Angelo Hall, Mr. D'Angelo Hall, 75-yard fumble return. Kai Forbath kick is good, so... There's a, you know, there's a quick recap for that score. Very good. Detroit Tigers play in about 12 minutes at 8:10 p.m. They yep. have a three-game series versus the Chicago White Sox tonight, tomorrow, and then on sweep. Wednesday. Uh, don't jinx Safino. I'm saying maybe we could sweep it. Okay. And then the Kansas City Royals Thursday, Friday, Saturday, leading on to the weekend. Yes. And what to watch for this weekend, Shark? What do you look forward to sporting-wise? Man, man, I mean, what do you look forward? I'm to? honestly looking forward to the Jets. And that's the Patriots right. the this got, Thursday. This Thursday. That's definitely what's something I'm looking for. But I'm going to go far and say this. My NCAA football game to look forward to this week, of course, is the game everyone's talking about. Is Alabama going to Texas A&M? What is Johnny Football going to do? Money, baby. He gets <laughs> 350 I say A&M beats the roll. Roll Tide? Not so much. I got an A&M. I, I think Johnny Football is going to run out of money, and he's going to be wow. IRS and Nick Saban in Alabama defense. Wow. Okay. Shargi? Very good. I'm going to actually check out the UCLA and Nebraska game I because, like as you said, the, the linemen in red, they're the going to destroy Michigan State. I'm going to watch this Nebraska game, really dissect if we have another another Nadamakin Sioux on our hands here, and really analyze if the Nebraska Cornhuskers are for real. We saw Alfonso Denard, his offseason troubles. They have a lot of great alumni. How real do you think they are? Do you think they win? Nebraska over UCLA? Let's just say this. Northwestern is ranked higher than Nebraska. 
if this Nebraska team was for real, they'd be ranked higher than the Northwest. Ah, I think the rankings are cabbage because when you look at it, guess what? It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's what bowl you're finishing at. I got UCLA over the black shirts in Nebraska. Sorry, Bo Pelini. I like Jim Mora Jr. We'll talk about more about that next week. But from Impact 89 FM, the Spartan Sports Trap, every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m., Alex Shark and Fino here. Pleasure Fino. to be here as, as always, guys. And you know what? Guess what? I think we got the win this week. Go Green. Go MSU. Beat Youngstown. Max King, our executive producer. Thanks, Thanks a lot for everything. Course. If you are listening, definitely stay tuned. Impact Sports coming at you in the next week or so. Thanks again. Good night. We'll see you next Monday. Take care, guys. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.